Welcome to Conversations with MIT Health. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing stress management during the COVID-19 pandemic. Joining me for this very important topic is Dr. Xiaolu Shi. She's a clinical psychologist at MIT Student Mental Health and Counseling Services, and she serves on the clinical faculty of Harvard Medical School. Dr. Shi, in these unprecedented times and more important than probably it ever has been, people are feeling all sorts of things at this time. Some are strange, some they've never felt before. There's a kind of a worldwide feeling of things we've never felt before. Is this normal? Absolutely. Unfortunately, it's quite normal. Think this way. This is the first pandemic uh, this side of 1918. Nobody around, frankly, is old enough to remember that, let alone to have gone through it and surviving it. So if we have never been in this situation before, uh, we're going to have all sorts of reactions. And this is not just anything either. My analogy of this is this is almost like a world war. Uh, for those of us fortunate enough to have never gone through a war on a world scale. So, of course, the reactions are quite normal. And we have all sorts of reactions. Some reactions are physical, some reactions are behavior, social, and some reactions are what we call cognitive or emotional. So what are these things? Physically, sometimes people will feel indigestion and stomach aches where they feel lightheaded, um, the muscle tension, muscle ache, even though they never had this before. And sometimes people have elevated blood pressure or they have trouble breathing, uh, the increased heart rate. And often, you know, particular breathing is a frightening thing during this particular uh, pandemic. People say, oh, am I infected? And behaviorally, people can have all sorts of reactions as well. Sometimes they sleep less. Sometimes they sleep more or they eat more or people who love food now hate eating. It sometimes even affects the basic hygiene. This is a tricky issue because, you know, now all of us are working and going to school, taking classes at home. Nobody really has to get out pajamas, although please make sure you wear your pants. And But still, and sometimes people could have bad hygiene, and that's different. And cognitively, the most common complaints we hear, and frankly, we experience ourselves as well, are things like getting started with work or having trouble focusing, having trouble concentrating. Sometimes people have memory difficulties. You know, it's not uncommon. You know, this week alone, I've handled three different missed meetings, a patient, a student, and myself as well. It really can happen because this kind of traumatic, catastrophic event really disrupt our lives. Um, emotionally, people sometimes feel like, you know, why am I feeling so anxious? Now, that part probably asks less because it is pandemic, but sometimes people can also feel excessive, kind of unreasonable sense of guilt or sense of shame because they're having trouble. Or people would say, why are you so irritable? You know, it's, it's, it, you're so easily set off. People have mood swings and the loss of motivation, and sometimes they don't feel downright depressed. All of these are quite normal reactions. On the MIT medical website, there's information sheet. Actually, I contributed to this many years ago. It's called Normal Reaction to Abnormal Event. So, like I always say, God only made us human. What an excellent explanation. You really covered the gamut, Dr. Shi, of everything that we're all feeling, and certainly for the students in a high-pressure environment like MIT, have these things amplified. So how closely 
as we're looking at all of the things going on and we are inundated with media and news and, you know, all of this stuff at once, how closely do you advise people to follow the news about COVID-19 and the latest numbers? Because too much can really stress us out, too little, and we're not informed. What do you want us to know? Well, that's a great question. My answer may surprise some people. I would say as little as possible. How come? This is a pandemic. People are dying. Things are affected. We have no idea by the time of when this ends, what kind of life and world we're returning to. On the other hand, this is not a pre-hurricane, pre-tornado, and pre-tsunami preparatory situation. We don't need to keep track of things on the hour-to-hour basis. There really isn't very much we can do in terms of affecting the course of events. If anything, stay home initially. Now when you go out, really you know, wear your protective gears, wear your mask, as we do understand how important it is. How to, to be overly exposed, to really keep very close tab on this, Unless you're really working on a project, some of our students are research projects that really needs to keep track of such information as little as possible. When the lockdown first started, I was telling everybody, I was giving this particular uh, funny uh, advice to people, and I say, kill the bird. What I meant is stop following Twitter, um, or at least cut on how, how much time you spend on Twitter, because Twitter is even more intense. I mean, that goes far more intense than the traditional, you know, um, breaking news. So those things really intensify the feelings and the emotions and the reactions. Now, we're not machines. God only made us a human, as I just said. We will have reactions when we receive this kind of information. So this is not helpful. And it is not being heartless or uncaring if we don't follow them closely. Again, there's a lot of things we can't do unless we're really frontline soldiers. And we're not most of the time. So the less you are following things closely, perhaps, the better position you will be in to make an adjustment to cope what you have to do every day more effectively. Don't forget, what you have to do every day is difficult enough. You're cut off from your loved ones. Sometimes people are not going home. Your friends, your professors, your coworkers, your, your neighbors, a lot of people, you're already cut off from a lot of those things. It's very difficult. Imagining you're stuck in a cave all by yourself and listening to all this news about what in the world is happening out there. So my advice is as little as possible. Maybe follow the news first thing in the morning and at the end of the day. If anything you really need to know, think about it. All the state governments and all the universities and most of the institutes we work for have emergency alerts. They basically push alerts to our phone, so you well know. Wow, that's a great piece of advice, Dr. Shi. It really is something we could all use, that piece of advice right now. So as you're telling us all of this, tell us some of the things students can do to help manage our stress while they're stuck in isolation. And also, while you're answering that, why is reaching out to others so important during this time of isolation? As you just said, you know, we are isolated from our loved ones and coworkers and all of this. How do you want us to reach out? Because some people have really pulled back from all of that. 
Now, reaching out is a slightly complicated issue because obviously we reach out for support, but a lot of times we don't think about reaching out is also something that can help ourselves as well. Um, on two fronts, you know, reaching out, others could listen to us to help us. But also when we reach out, that we provide the support to the people who care. Obviously, you know, even if we're reaching out to, uh, you know, hotline, we're still reaching out to another human being. When we reach out to them for the help, a lot of times it helps them to feel that they have performed a valuable service to you as well. And a lot of times, you know, we would, let's say, call a credit card company or have to cancel something, talk to the pharmacist, so on and so forth. There are human beings on the other end as well. Just being able to exchange a few pleasantries, how are you doing, hope you're safe, please take care of yourself, thank you very much, all of those things could mean a lot. You could brighten somebody's day as well. So even if you're reaching out, the purpose of the reaching out is get help from other people and get support. Making that connection can still be helpful. I'm sure you don't need me to ask you, would you rather talk to a machine, just click like fill clicks, or would you rather talk to a real person? That certainly is true. And now what about things we can do? Dr. Shi, to really manage that stress. Now, in terms of what we can do, it's really interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce something here, and I, I know I've always talked about this whenever I talk about anything concerns our emotional health, uh, which is the so-called biopsychosocial model. What this model means is whatever we feel, whatever we have to do, it always concerns with three aspects, the physical, the psychological, and the social aspect. So, what we can do to help the manage stress could also come from three aspects as well. And you may choose one of these. You may choose all of them. Now, biologically, what can we do? I'm going to ask you questions rather than giving you advice. For instance, do you take a walk every day? Now, have you done anything with your hands? Like do crafts, origami, woodwork, you know, cleaning things, repairing things, cooking, baking, play board games, actual games, you know, play Lego, sketching. When was the last time you sent handwritten note card outside Christmas or ever? Now, do you know you can actually pay for and print out postage online these days? Anything you can do with your hand, anything will get you get up from your desk and actually walk your body, walk around. I don't just mean exercise. Exercise is great. Now, psychologically, have you ever done any Zoom work sessions? Hey, Joe, I need to do this piece at Do mind doing together? You know, Joe may maybe need to write a paper, may need to write a paper. And also to help people to focus, how about do some work with music? Now, music without words, otherwise your brain will necessarily go with a song. And they can be soothing. They can help you to focus because your brain has something, you know, benign to mildly distracting, but also engaging. I also encourage people when they have to do work, any kind of work, frankly, uh, to do them on paper. I know how archaic this sounds, how old-fashioned this sounds. Actually, doing things on paper and with hands engages more parts of your brain. Not only it helps to process information and the problem solve more e effectively and efficiently, it can also distract you because you can't do things with your hands, you know, on paper, at the same time also ruminate very anxious thoughts. Socially, 
I've asked the people to ask yourself this question. Each time you're texting people, writing an email, ask them and say, hey, do you mind FaceTime or do you mind Zoom? Because not only you can answer the question, talk about things quite quickly by talking to each other, you also get to see the person. Have, have you ever organized any Zoom drop-in social hours? you know, happy hours or game playing and so on and so forth. And these are the things you can actually do and also engage other people as well, play games online. Those are all great ideas of things that we can do, Dr. Shi. and some of those ideas are not ones that we're used to hearing. So that's really great advice. And now one of the other things before we wrap up, sleep problems are so prevalent right now. Are they contributing to our stress or is the stress contributing to our sleep issues and what can we do so that we can really manage our expectations and our emotions because there does seem to be this worldwide stress that we're feeling and so many people are not sleeping and so many people are going through this how can we manage all of this get a decent night's sleep and since so much is unknown how do we deal with what we don't know dr she I'm so glad you're asking this question. People don't realize, um, in addition to physical exercise, good, healthy sleep is one of the best protective factors. Protective not just for daily function, but actually protective in terms of immune system. Now, you couldn't ask for better protection for better and healthy immune system during this particular pandemic, right? Now, in terms of sleep, a lot of people don't realize how important it is to have a regular sleep. When you don't have a regular sleep, imagine your brain is like a pre-verbal toddler. It's being dragged dragged by you around and very cranky, very tired, couldn't really tell you what was wrong and just screaming and crying and so on and so forth. And that is your brain that's sleep deprived. Now, if your brain is a toddler, in other words, not a machine, you cannot just turn it on and off. There's no switch. You need, to, you need to be mindful of your time. This, is, this suggestion is a little bit counterintuitive because we use alarm to wake up. We never think about using alarm to actually go to bed. On the other hand, whose brain has a lock built in? Even old ladies don't watch 11 o'clock news anymore. We have lost a sense of time, particularly of the lockdown. I suggest people put alarm on their phone. It's 10 o'clock, it's 11 o'clock, it's 12 o'clock, it's 12.30. You know what? You need to turn off the light. Now, sleep is primarily regulated by light. So light, turning off the lights is very important. Have your phone on night vision is very important. Secondly, sleep is also regulated by temperature. So try to dress very cool, sleep in a dark room. I also recommend people listen to something audio, but at a whispering volume. Why? Whispering is very soothing. This is built. This is genetically programmed into our brain. You can listen to a podcast. You can listen to an audiobook. You can look, even listen to a very familiar episode of TV, let's say Friends or something, just at a whispering sound. Most people tell me they never finish listening to anything. Why? Before long, they'll put to sleep. And this is very important. If you don't sleep on a regular schedule, however... You're like flying between time zones. So go to bed more or less at the same time. And waking up more or less at the same time is very important. How can you sleep at night uh, while trying to really 
keep away all those anxious rumination. This is listening to something coming from. Why? When you're listening to something, your brain doesn't have the extra thinking space or thinking power or thinking memory to ruminate because your brain is digesting, is processing to the information you're listening. And that's usually very helpful. If that doesn't quite do the trick, I would also suggest you read maybe on Kindle or iBook at a minimum brightness. has to be night vision, however, something kind of boring. You know, if anybody needs to read a scientific paper, if that doesn't put you to sleep, I don't know what will. You know, our physicians often say, read the operating manual of your refrigerator. So it's scientific paper or refrigerator manual. This has been so informative, Dr. Shi. Wrap it up for us how we can compartmentalize our fears, separate reality of what's happening and what's actually occurring and how we can deal with our mental and emotional stressors at this time so we can use good self-care and take care of ourselves and the ones we love. This is a really, really good point is in terms of compartmentalize things. There are things that's out there. The government, you know, the government is together, the physicians, the researchers, and so on and so forth they need to do. But that is in actuality outside a window. Inside a house, on a desk, however, there are things we can do. If we make a schedule, for instance, you know, in the morning, this is something we have to do. We have a handwritten to-do list in front of us. We're more likely to be engaged, and each time we finish something, we check it off. It gives us some sense of not only satisfaction or com- or task completion, but also give us makes us feel less helpless. We actually can do something. So pay attention to the task inside your house, and not so much out there. This is why it's important to limit the exposure to news, unless you are really a virus researcher at the moment. And also, when we think about the time you can spend with other people, a quick phone call, maybe even you know a texting exchange, and sometimes a Zoom, a Zoom um, chat, or anything that you can do. The more you're engaged with what you do on your desk, the more you're engaged with people, the better protected you are against really the war that's raging outside the window. For a lot of us, it is actually possible. We're lucky to be protected by a house at the moment. So pay attention to what's at hand. If, you know, there's nothing you can do, well, maybe you can, you know, do a yoga session on just following YouTube. Anything you can focus on, things at hand in front of you. Great advice, Dr. Shi. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us real usable information and sharing your incredible expertise to all of us and the MIT medical students and the MIT students at this time. Thank you again. Listeners can visit health.mit.edu for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. That concludes this episode of Conversations with MIT Health. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other MIT Health podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for joining us today.